0: this is radiant reflections the podcast of the radiant life church in sturgis michigan our heart for you is that you would live like jesus and share his love thanks for joining us for this special edition of radiant reflections today pastor ryan bibb pastor josh Herma, and myself uh, pastor jb we're joined on this edition by pastor ray dash jr Ryan, Josh, and I, we're all white guys in the Midwest trying to make sense of the racial tensions we see in our country, and we really felt it was important to talk with a brother in Christ in the black community, so Ray is going to be helping us uh, just to kind of sift through things, and this podcast will be two parts, and the one you're about to listen to is part one, so here's Ryan, Josh, myself, and Pastor Ray Dash Jr., Okay, so Pastor Ray, I want to introduce you to my lead pastor, Ryan Bibb.
1: Greetings, Ray. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? Cool, doing pretty well. Can't Good. complain.
0: And then our assistant slash executive pastor slash youth slash are, what are where the other slashes, Josh?
2: <laughs> a couple, a couple of slashes. A Couple others. Okay.
0: That's uh, Josh, uh, Ray, and I'm I, here at the church. They call me JB. They don't call me Josh. Uh, because I was the second Josh, <laughs> so yeah, you'll hear them call me JB, not Josh. Okay. Yeah. Hey Ray, we appreciate you you taking time
2: to have this conversation with us here this morning.
1: No, this is awesome, man. thank you guys for considering us. Yeah, so this is a blessing.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, so we do our podcast, Radiant Reflections, and this is uh, episode 17. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I think I'm. Really, really excited. I get excited every week doing our podcast, but I'm really excited this week. Yeah, Uh, so I'm I'm pumped to be here with yeah with JB and Ryan Ray and uh, and myself. So uh, yeah, if uh, but Ray for for those of of our listeners, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like who you are, where you're from, what you do, you know, all that all that good jazz. Um,
1: so I grew up in. New York City between Harlem and the Bronx in the 80s um, I've been married a husband of uh, almost 22 years a father of four plus nice with the plus in because um, from community kids to even some current kids um, living with us now so um, yeah, so father of four though, of my own children. And so um, that, and I started walking with the Lord in 19, January 1998. And serving in ministry since about, I guess, 2000. And um, we started our church plant here in Newark, New Jersey in July of 2007, in the um, really, it wasn't. We didn't, actually didn't know it was going to be a church plant. we call it that now that <laughs> God has planted a church. But all we were doing was nice. outreaching to actually what was considered the two worst projects in Newark at that time, which neither of them are in existence anymore.
2: Okay, yes. Nice. So, that what was what was that like? I mean, what what kind of motivated that? Like for you, I mean, going to Newark said, Hey,
0: here's what we want to do, we want to just do some outreach. Like, what was that? What was that journey like? So were you ostracized from going from New York to New Jersey? Because I know there's a big, there's a big, you know, people, people from New Jersey don't like people from New York and vice versa. Is that a real (laughs) thing, right?
1: That's a real thing. Let me (laughs) tell you a little quick, funny story about that, because I had a New York driver's license when I moved to New Jersey. And it took forever, I mean, forever and ever before I would trade my license in (laughs) to have a jersey license and bad enough to have jersey plates. Like that was, (laughs) (laughs) and so that is um, something interesting, but it's a very much so a thing. So you Um, felt felt
2: like you were betting against the home team. Yeah,
1: (laughs) very much so. And so, um, but how did I get here? Um, and I believe 2004, 2000, maybe about 2002 was the first time, I guess, um, I was working in a building. I used to do video surveillance and access control systems. And so I was working in a building on the South side of Newark and, um, in a high rise building. And I already had a burden in my heart to go back. I used to always look at the church I got saved in as um, my schoolhouse. And so I always felt like the um, expository style of teaching and preaching would really be effective in the urban community because i would never seen that, never heard of that. Although there's many churches. And so one day I'm working in the building in Newark where we were setting up a man trap. If you ever been visit somebody in prison what has to take place is you have to close the back door, the door that you walked in before you can go through the following door. And so um, what occurred was um, there in that building, there was a community center. And I began to get this stern in my heart, like it's not New York you're going back to, but right here. Mm-hmm. And so um We pursued talking to the management about um, doing a study inside of um, that community center. And this is what we found out is even though the building was across the street from a big park, if you do an event there, we couldn't invite people into the building. So at that time, what I always felt and still believe this is um, a partial closed door was a whole closed door until God opened the door for us. Mm. And so um we just waited patiently, began to pray. And in that time I was invited to help with another church plant which is one town, two towns over. And thought it was awkward, but um but nonetheless um I, you know, sought the Lord. I couldn't say no to it until I prayed and and inquired from him and through that time he um, gave clear direction to go and do that the benefit of that was that I learned a lot of um behind the scenes ministry there as I committed to serving at that church for three years and served there for about three and a half years and God had showed me it was time to no longer dwell in this mountain you dwelt in this mountain long enough um and we began to step out. And throughout that time, you know, we were just praying over the city of Newark. And so um, at one time I thought like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go up to uh, the suburb and reach some more civilized folks. And then we'll come back down and, and get to this, get you know, you know, get down and dirty with it. But um, God, show me different. No, you're going to you know, go right into the heart of it and it'll grow outwardly. And so that's how it all began pretty much.
2: Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, Hey Ray. So pastor Josh Brown, you know, whom whom you know, and then pastor Ryan and myself, you know, you know, there's, there's this, there's a saying, I, I don't remember it word for word, but it talks about how you, you can't really know until you walk the mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, right that, yeah. right right now in our, our our cultural conversations, you know, really, I mean, across our nation and and in a lot of other parts of the world, there's this conversation happening about race. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got so so Josh, myself, and and Ryan, you know, we're we're three white guys. In the Midwest. In in the no Midwest, less. right? I mean mm. we, we don't know what it's like right. to walk a mile in the shoes of a black man. You know, uh, can you, can you give us a glimpse into what life is like for you? And then, I mean, with that, how might that be different than what, you know, JB and myself or Ryan, what, what we might experience.
1: Okay. So I'll give you uh you know what, um, guys, I just want to even say again, like, thanks for not just inviting me, but, but willing to listen, you know, um, it means a lot, especially in these times, especially, you know, considering, you know, even trying to engage others and they want to tell you <laughs> what needs to happen and all of these things. And to your point, never have lived, served, walked in this context. And so everything that they're trying to fix is based on statistics, mm-hmm. but um, not reality. Um, and where I see Jesus, I see Jesus walking and engaging, not looking at some stats from a long distance and trying to fix a situation. So, I thank you guys again. And um, so, I'll give you um, two: uh, one before Christ, <laughs> and then, you know, since even being a pastor. Okay. And so, um, before Christ, I I had an attitude that warranted some of of my excessive force in the police department. Um or, you know, just in general, you know, the way I carried myself. Um a lot of those elements where even for example, you know, um uh, one time that, you know, I wasn't doing anything but being, you know, silly kid as far as on a motorcycle, revving the engine, it backfires, da 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 da. We're down in the village, New York city, you know, Saturday night showing off, whatever. And my bike is in neutral and I'm rolling down the street and at a distance, I have a cop um, step into the middle of the street, pulls out his gun, is pointed directly at me. Um, and I mean, I'm at, a, I mean, at least I'm halfway in the block and he's at the corner. And this was right after a situation that happened in the Bronx where a a guy with no priors, anything, unarmed, was shot 41 times by police. So as I'm approaching the, you know, the officer, I just, you know, come to a, a stop and, you know, he wants me to get off the bike and I'm not getting off the bike because you know, you're not going to say I moved the wrong way or anything like that. And and there goes my life. So there's my arrogance in one respect. But at the same time, I'm saying, no, I'm not moving because um, I don't know what's happening next. Mm. And so um, a friend of mine finally gets me off the bike. The guy's excuse when I pursued an answer, the guy's excuse was, oh, there was three guys that robbed a store, and the description was they fled on motorcycle. That's a lie. Like, that really is not the case. And so, you know, um, so that's what it was, and then when I uh, pursued his higher ups, you know, they said, well, he just moved here from Ohio, he's getting accustomed to the community. Well, you shouldn't maybe police in the community that you haven't been trained to serve, and you know, if you gotta deal with it, From that measurement, you know, and so that was before, you know, and had no experience. But I can tell you, even in the last year um, as a pastor, you know, um, serving in the urban context, you know, sometimes and I live on site. So um, it's nonstop for us as a family. So a lot of times I'll, you know, jump in my car and try to get away into a more woodsy you know, um, suburban kind of community. And so, um, about a year ago now, um, on a street, it's public street. Houses are pretty, you know, separated between the twos. And so I'm sitting on the side of the street and I'm in a 1999 Toyota forerunner, it's got bangs and dents and all that other good stuff and a lady is going on a walk with her I guess neighbor or whatever and she puts something in the mailbox across the street on an angle from where my car was parked and um, looks back and asks me hey are you an uber are you picking up anybody I'm like No, like this car is definitely not a (laughs) qualified car for an (laughs) Uber. (laughs) So like, I'm like, nah, just here. What she really wants to ask me is why are you here? Mm. That's really what she wants to ask at the core of her question. And so, you know, I'm I'm not entertaining that because you're not asking me the question directly. And so I'm like, no, I'm not an Uber driver. And so um, I said, I'm just here. And that's it. And so she walks off and I look in my rearview mirror and I see her taking a picture of my license plate. So we know that you weren't thinking that I was an Uber driver, um, if that's how you approach, because you went and took a plate picture of my plate. However, she walks, I guess, takes a walk or whatever, comes back around, checks her mailbox. And so maybe she thought the mailman got the mail or maybe, you know, I'm thinking maybe she thinks I took the mail, but whatever. And so um, so for me, you know, I think like, man, I could either gain a friend or like we can glean from one another because the honest truth is that's me now. But somebody else engaged with that, that situation can turn very bad. Right. And so um, I said to the lady, hey, miss, how are you doing? You know, I tried to engage her with conversation and the first thing she says i got black friends and i never even said anything about wow i didn't say much about anything i just was like hey miss how are you and she just came that way and i'm like i never said you didn't have black friends didn't even you don't even know what i'm about to ask you
0: did you tell her hey i have white friends
1: <laughs> no i didn't <laughs> you know <laughs> But I've tried to engage like, hey, we can glean from one another. And then, you know, to say that, first of all, to say I got black friends, what black friends? Right. Like, because I'll give you a, a, you know, I I hope it's not derogatory, but I learned this (laughs) since serving here. Right. Um, I knew the term cracker. Right. And it spoke of, you know, white people. Well, a guy educated me and said, there's graham crackers. And huh. I said, what do you mean by that? And so he described this as, say, like a Bill Cosby, you know, um, kind of lifestyle. You made it out of the urban area. So, you know, it, it, you would be considered a graham cracker. Kind of like what people call, you know, certain people Uncle Tom's. Now they call them black people Uncle Tom's, that kind of context. Okay. So I thought that was interesting, right? So, um, So just because you got black friends, you have black friends that grew up in a suburban er uh, community and never had the experience that we've had to the extent, right? So, um, whatever. So I, back to the story, what happened was, um, I said as soon as the lady walked down her driveway, I said, the police are coming. And about three, five minutes later, a police officer drove past my car, made a U turn, walked up to my car, and basically asked me, "Why are you here?" And so I began to tell him, "Hey, I'm sitting here reading my Bible. You know, I passed a church in an urban context. Nice scenery. Boom, 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 boom." And you know, um, the late he says, "Well, the, the the lady said that you were harassing her." I said, officer, honestly, I was not harassing her. I'm sitting here. I said, you could look my name up. I pastor a very diverse church in an urban context. You know, I'm not here for that. And he said, really, why, why are you here? Come on, tell me. And I'm like, what? Like, so, you know, again, before I've been like, you know, running my mouth, all that stuff. That's not now. And so, I'm like, look, like I told you, I'm here just trying to get some quiet time, whatever, whatever. So, you know, he leaves. He says, oh, I have to respond to the call, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So at that point, I say, I'm coming here every day, or I can say, you know what? I don't need this, and I never come back. Mm-hmm. It, which is, which both of them are wrong right? Like, I'm coming here because I'm coming here with my pride. You're not going to run me off of any street. My car is registered. It's legal street. It's public street. Or, they accomplish what they want. Don't come back into our neighborhoods. And so, and I'm talking about this is the past year. Mm-hmm. And so, it's real, right? And Josh, I know you got swag, right? So, you're wearing <laughs> your hat. I, right. I wasn't wearing my fitted hat, right? Like, right. if I wear my cap, <laughs> On my snapback, like, and I wear my hat to the back and you wear your hat to the back, you know, like, and you sit in your car reading your Bible and I'm reading my Bible, you know, it's like the guy that, they they show these pictures of the guy that robs the bank and there's a black man running down the street and there's a white guy running down the street with a suit and tie. Who does the police chase? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's that kind of stuff and it's real. Like, you cannot say that it's not real. You know, and so because it it happens now, let me just be, you know, honest. We in the black culture have glorified the thug life, the gangster image, you know, the, you know, forget the police, y'all know the real words to the song. But, you know, like we've we've portrayed that. Right um and other cultures have embraced that but we've been the the frontliners of that kind of image and so i have to be honest with you in one respect i look at this you know time and it's been happening throughout the times but it's reaping season hmm. i i really i'm just being honest like this is what we put forth you know and and although I'm, you know i you know the the consequence doesn't justify the crime when you think of george floyd and different things like that however we put forth an image and and part of that we have to own and it's real easy to put fingers and point left and right, but never look in the mirror and say, what have we, what have we stood for? What have we represented? What have we embraced? You know, um, and so that's
2: what matters. Well, I mean, that's something, that, I mean, that, that should apply red, yellow, black, or white. I mean, but we, it, we should it, look at the our, our own culpability in, you know, yeah in what what our current cultural climate is.
0: That, and that's mm-hmm. the thing, Ray, maybe you could speak to this. It really doesn't in other other contexts because you think about, like in our area, probably the roughest people in the white culture would be hillbilly tweakers, right? These are backwoods mm-hmm. people who are crystal meth addicts. And you'll see mm-hmm. them on the streets. They've got sores on their arms. They're super, super thin. Um, and they're... but. We the white culture is not lumped in with those people. Mm. So like mm-hmm. you, you are a law-abiding pastor, black man. Why would you be lumped in with a glorification of thug culture by other black men? You're not doing that. That's not something that you're embodying. You're not embodying that. So why would you be, and is, is that part of, of some of this systemic things that, that you're seeing right
1: well i would say yes so for example right when i turned 30 i said i no longer will wear a rack. why did i say that because it was putting forth an image mm. that you know i just you know what wasn't willing to carry anymore mm. um my sons wear do rags. I tell them when we leave out the house, you gotta take them off. They wear them, you know. They 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 actually wear them not for style, more than you know. They get they got waves, so you know, in order to get your waves spinning, you gotta wear the do rag. So, you know, um,
0: unpack that. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> oh, All okay, three of thanks. us looked Sorry. at each other and we were like, we lo- we lost it. <laughs> <laughs> so um you could look it up but you know 360 waves is real popular you know it's it's a hairstyle low but um when your waves are spinning that's what they call it um then like man you you've been keeping up with your you know your do or whatever you know so it looks it looks sharp you know but um but in order to do that you gotta brush it you gotta put the the grease in it that you need and, and where to do rag at night so that it continues to maintain itself. And so, um, Ryan, our lead pastor,
0: he could, he could totally identify with this. He has awesome hair and is particular about it. Ryan, can can you talk? I am very particular about my hair, so
1: I can understand where your son's. What about the product?
0: Talk about the product too, Ryan.
1: Oh man, we, we white
0: folks use something called big sexy. Oh boy. that's the gel that we use. Okay, right? this is
2: this is something I would not like to be lumped in with this. When when he I mean says, it's called when,
0: style
1: when he says
2: white like folks that. use this, I am not included. That's in it. That's because you're bald. Yeah, right.
1: I was about
0: to go there, Ryan.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so that's what they do. But you know, um, and even for myself, you know, I, like I wear Timberlands. You know, um, doesn't mean I'm outside shooting somebody. And mm-hmm. um, you know, robbing somebody, and I gotta tell you guys, like, the truth of the matter is in our community. Um, even though there are some rowdy guys, those same guys, man, like big hearts, big hearts, and so, um, you know, like, thank you, um, you know, just because. You know, they may live a certain way. It's a it's a culture when you're down there, when you're in there in the communities or when you're around here. Like it's not that every day I wake up, I'm looking to kill somebody, I'm looking to rob somebody. That's not the reality for everybody, even with the rough guys, you know. Um, And so. Again, I understand, like, that's the music we listen to. And, you know, I wasn't I, a long time. It took me to receive this, but, um, <laughs> but I know it to be so true. You um, garbage in is garbage out, you know, and when you add, you know, substance abuse and stuff like that, it alters your thinking and, um, you make choices under the influence and, um, it brings consequences, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, um, doesn't excuse your behavior, but you're talking to a guy, even myself, that by the grace of God, several times I've dodged lifetime sentences mm. because being under the influence, um, it alters your thinking. Yeah. You know, um, the consequences of the sin, right? And then you wake up the next morning, you're like, what am I doing in this jail cell? Yeah. You know, and so, um, but, To, you know, just speak to being lumped in to a group or whatever. Um, Yeah, um, it happens. And, you know, police are trained a certain way. And so, you know, however that training is. um, But I just think that police need to get involved in their communities. Like really engaging in the communities, not waiting for a crisis to happen, you know, and 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 then running to the community because then you'll know how to deal with people. You know how to speak to people. You know how to handle, people, you know, Um, instead of just saying, hey, I'm going home at the end of the day. You know, and then, you know, and the, the other part is like, you know, just because you wear blue or uniform. Doesn't change your heart. Right. Like so you think about, hey, on the other side, if if you got a, uh, a gang member who has never been charged with a crime and then becomes a police officer, there could be corruption on his side mm-hmm. in the way that he does things. I don't believe every cop is waking up every morning and saying, hey, I'm going to find me a black person to kill, Oof. you know, like. That's not the case. But then there's sin in people's hearts and there's pride and arrogance and all of that other adrenaline that kicks in. And unless a person's heart is redeemed, you know, like where, how are they going to respond to a a day-to-day situation?
0: Sin nature. They're going to respond from a sinful, sinful heart.
1: Exactly right.
0: Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at church. That's podcast at church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections every time we receive a five-star review more people learn about this podcast we also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family join us next time for another edition of radiant reflections